0: gratitude to say thank you i don't want to brag or anything but we do have like four followers (laughs) no i'm kidding actually we have like 55,000 downloads i am really excited about it people are listening i love it thank you for everyone that has loved it and then shared it with someone else oh my gosh it makes me so happy thank you and when people take a minute to comment on posts or to send me a message Old friends, new friends, Jenny. I got an actual card from a guy and I love that people are moved by this like I am. This is really emotional stuff for me and that you guys are connecting with it. Oh, it just warms my heart. I love it. And apparently the episode about Jeremy's prison time really did move a bunch of you and I love that. I love that there are so many people with good hearts out there. It actually gives me hope for our world. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks to old friends, new friends. Robert, who's a fellow PI from North Carolina. Jenny that commented. Angela that I met. I think she's back east, Georgia. Justin that I just met. Like, there are so many new friends. I love it. Thank you for reaching out. I know how busy you guys are. That you take time to listen to my podcast. I am grateful for. But then you take time to actually comment on things. I love hearing what you guys think about what I experienced what I'm sharing Just warms my heart and for some great reviews. We're getting Thanks for sharing it with people I'm just so happy to be connecting with all of you and to learn that there are some people with common sense out there That are on the same page as me that you guys get it that you feel the same way that I do Thank you. I love it. Thanks. Keep reaching out. I love to hear from you. So Anyway, let's get into the episode. I'm here with my co-host and friend, Shelly. Hi, Pamela. Where are we headed <laughs> today? We've got another adventure, so okay. buckle up, hang on to your hat. We've got another special guest with us today. And we also have the incredibly brilliant and hardest working man in the legal business and one of the two attorneys I trust, Rich,
1: with us today. Hi, Pamela. It's me. <laughs>
0: it is you you. rich is really involved in this one the reason that i have him on as another as a guest again so here's another issue that happened while jeremy this actually came up when jeremy was in jail before he got sentenced to prison okay this is a crazy thing and if you like a david and goliath story or cheering for an underdog You will love cheering for us on this case, because we were absolutely the underdogs. You've got to hear this. Okay, so we've already talked about how the people in the government handled this stuff with Jeremy, and they really screwed him over, and how most of Jeremy's friends were absolutely amazing and really stepped up. But there were a couple people that Jeremy had really helped them out, and then when Jeremy got put in a tough spot, they decided they were going to take advantage of him, which... I think is a real cowardly chicken shit move to make. I really don't like that. I don't like people doing crap like that. And Jeremy asked Rich and I for help. So we stepped up. This is a case like inside of a case. I love this. And this guy like ended up soliciting the government to help him beat Jeremy up and they tried, this is a really cool one. I, I hope you enjoy it. Rich and I would go to jail and see Jeremy and remember attorney number six was representing Jeremy on sentencing and the appeal. And so we were just going to see Jeremy just, just to check in and say, hey bud, like we didn't forget you, you're not alone. We're still gonna do what we can for you. Right. And while we were there one day visiting, Jeremy asked Rich if he could help him on an issue. What had happened was when the FTC comes in and takes like assets from a business or they say that it's harming someone. Right. And remember, it was the FTC that seized all of Jeremy's assets and right. money. But
2: he's never gotten back.
0: Correct. Yeah. Okay. And when they do that, then they appoint an attorney that they call a receiver to oversee the assets and all the money. So then when they go through this stuff, and, and if people are harmed, that they can take that money. The receiver's job is to take the money and get the most money that they can so that they can give victims okay. to make them whole, right. if there are any victims. How much money does Jeremy owe for restitution in his case? Zero. Zero. Yeah. Oh, Ridiculous. No restitution. Right. There are no victims. Right. They can't find any victims. So give him his money back. You would think. Nonetheless, they say, okay, so they have seized all of his assets, all of everything. After they seized the assets, they actually had an auction. I remember my brother-in-law actually went to an auction. This is way before I ever met Jeremy. He went to an auction where the receiver was auctioning off all his stuff. This is way before trial, way before trial. Well, that... I'm stunned that they did it. Uh-huh. It seems completely wrong right. and awful right. to me.
2: Yeah, how can you do that?
0: Right and then they were selling like they sold the houseboat properties they sold the Santa Monica house they as they were selling properties out like selling them back right that some people that Jeremy had helped along the way were trying to help Jeremy and they put up the money to buy some property back out of out of the at the receivership is okay. what they call it okay and that property it was really just a ranch, kind of. There were like some trailer homes. Mostly, it was just farmland, so it wasn't worth a lot right then. But it would be worth something because they're not making any more land, so right, right. land is becoming increasingly more valuable. So what happened was this: Jeremy. So when he had all those properties, that the FTC they came in and seized them. At that time, the government started putting pressure on Jeremy. He was too busy trying to figure out how to get through all of that, so he wasn't worried. One of the properties that he had was like 20 minutes outside of St. George, which is in southern Utah. Right, okay. And it had some rental properties and stuff on it, so there was some income, not a lot, but some income, and so he was helping a guy who he thought was a friend by saying, hey, if you can help me out, you collect the rent, then I'll pay you for it, because the guy needed some money. Okay. Well, that guy happened to be fake Jesus' dad. Fake Jesus's dad. Not God. Yeah. Alrighty. Not God, though. No, not God. No, his name's Brent. Okay. Fake Jesus. His dad. As Jeremy was too busy to do stuff, as I saw it happen with other people that Jeremy was helping out, he's a super nice guy, like almost too nice. We'll talk about that later. But Brent was keeping the rent. Ah, gotcha. And Jeremy, he had bigger fish to fry, so he couldn't worry about that. He didn't worry about it. He's like, whatever. Yeah. So when the government sees that property, and it was the FTC that seized all the assets, remember? Uh-huh, and yeah. There's, the, there's a receiver, the government, the FTC has an attorney that they call the receiver. Okay. And the receiver is, which in my opinion, the receiver is a license to steal, and we are gonna get into that in the next episode. Oh my gosh, people have no idea how the government works, and what a receiver is supposed to do, and what they typically do, we're okay. gonna get into that. It is
2: absolutely crazy. It, you uh, will I, not do that. This whole case, every time, like, I can't say it enough. Yeah. Every time I think, oh, I no, I've got a handle on it, it turns, twists, <laughs> yeah. It's crazy.
0: Exactly. Yeah, exactly. ridiculous. This is like, a, it's like kind of a small trial inside of a trial inside of a trial, <laughs> like this right. episode. But it is, ah, it's really exciting. So what happened is, <laughs> So the receiver, it's his job to get as much money as he can for the alleged victims in a case. Now, they seized all the assets before Jeremy was even charged. Oh, that's right. Yep. So they just assume that there are victims. Well, what did we learn through trial? There were no victims. Right. There is no one that lost money. So they technically don't have anyone to give money back to. Not technically, literally. There's no one to give money to. Nonetheless... It is the receiver's job to get money and to get the most money that he can get. Okay. As part of that. So then he started selling the assets that he had obtained. Okay. Now they're selling property. And when that piece of property came up for sale, Brent decided that he was going to buy the property. Well, Jeremy wanted the property. And although they've seized all of Jeremy's assets, Jeremy, through friends, through people that he had helped. Right. Then people wanted to help Jeremy. And they said, we will help you buy it. So Brent made an offer to buy the property and then Jeremy made a higher offer to buy the property. And he knew it was higher because I guess he communicated with Brent about it. Okay. Well, it's Gary's job, get the most money that he can. Okay. Right? So that means he should take Jeremy's offer, right? Yes, you go with the highest bidder, hello. And it seems like legally he should have to do that in every possible way he should have to do that. Right. But you can imagine, Brent did not want that to happen. And Gary Karras, the attorney, the receiver, didn't want that to happen for whatever reason. Right. So they said, no, we're not going to sell it to you, Jeremy. You can't have it. What? On what grounds? Like everything was proper. Like how could they do that? So when Rich and I went to the jail to visit Jeremy, this is what Jeremy was asking. Can you please help me? Because at that time when he asked us that, Jeremy was in jail waiting for sentencing. We knew he was going to go to jail for some time. We didn't know the Uh judge was going to sentence him to prison for 11 years, but Jeremy wanted to be able to have some money coming in for his wife and daughters. And so he asked Rich, could you please intervene and help me with this? And Rich is a great guy. And Rich says, yeah, let me see what I can do. So Rich filed actually to stop the sale to Brent and to, to say, this is a higher offer. This should be sold to Jeremy Johnson. Right. And the receiver was so pissed off and so was Brent and Brent's attorney. So Brent's attorney kinda of is like, oh yeah? Well, it's almost like we're gonna go to the principal. We're gonna go tell mom what you're doing. Oh, so he oh, calls man. Gary Harris and says, hey, they're trying to interfere with our sale here. This can't happen. So Gary says, well, that's a violation. I am working for the federal government and I have an order to sell all this property. And Jeremy is trying to intervene with that and on a state level, and the federal law supersedes state law. okay. Okay. And that's what he's claiming. All right. So he filed a motion in Nevada, which is where the FTC case was. Okay. And so he files a motion in Nevada saying, not only should Jeremy not be able to buy the property, but Rich should actually be held in contempt of court for even bothering all these powerful people with his little Petty thing to just want to buy property back. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Oh my gosh is right. So yeah That that's how we ended up in court in Nevada. Okay Well what I found as Jeremy went through his trial Well even facing trial there were a number of people that Jeremy had helped along the way like he'd say Oh, you want to have a ranch you want to do this or this business this and Jeremy would put up money to help them Okay, well I know of At least two people that did this. Jeremy helped them buy property, and then when Jeremy later was saying like, "Hey, I could use some help, right? Let's use that property." All of a sudden, they're like, "No, that's not your property. That's my property." Oh, really taking advantage of Jeremy's position and yeah, and there's
2: nothing he can do, right?
0: Yeah, what can he do? There's two. He doesn't have time to fight that battle. But this guy. So now the trial's over. Jeremy's getting ready for sentencing. He's in jail. He, he knows he's going to prison for at least some time. At right. that time, we didn't know it was going to be an 11-year sentence, Right. which you won't believe how that stuff all works out later. But do you remember this, Rich? Right. So do you want to take it from here?
1: Well, I made an appearance in the case, and we tried to preserve Jeremy's interest. It gets a little bit complicated. There was an agreement to sell the property. The receiver was interfering with a bit. And that's where yeah. it's a little bit complicated.
2: So Jeremy wants to buy some land and he's asking you guys to step in and help him organize and fix that.
0: He actually already, they had the land out of the receivership. Oh, it was okay. already out of it. Okay. Like and now, had the receiver, sold
2: it. now the receivership is trying to come back and be like, no, no, you can't buy it. Like both. Right. Like, oh. Okay. So this is wrong
0: to me on a couple different levels. Number one. The guy had been collecting rent on that property for, I don't know how long, where he was keeping the money and Jeremy just didn't bother to go and make him give it back. That's wrong. Right. I I don't know at what level you don't understand that's wrong to do that, to keep money that isn't yours. Sure. And then on Uh the second level, he was trying to take advantage of Jeremy's spot that he was in to prohibit Jeremy from getting the property so that he could end up with that property knowing that it was Jeremy's in the first place and Jeremy was offering more money. So on so many levels to me, this just seems completely wrong and
1: unkind. Yeah.
0: He was just taking advantage of Jeremy. Right. right.
1: So we entered the appearance and filed documents and arguments with the court saying that Jeremy had the right through another party to acquire this property. And that Caught the attention of the receiver.
2: <laughs> okay, so, so that he was receiver, like racy, racy, race. I want the land back, and we're going to take it back. Yeah, you can't do that. Yeah, you can't do that. Like I'm not going to let you do it.
0: Yeah. And Rich was saying, "Well, what no, the hell? Yeah. Like I don't think they can do this." Uh-huh. And so Jeremy, attorney number six. Okay, in the FTC case, there were so many attorneys involved in that case. It was like. What two pages or three pages if you printed it out of people yeah. that were
1: involved, you attorneys know, involved. You know, there was a piece of property that generated income in the St. George area, A development property that generated a certain amount of income that could be used for the support of Jeremy's family. Okay. And that property okay. was tied up in litigation and a party to that lawsuit had made an agreement to transfer the property to an agent of the receiver. The receiver was trying to tie up any property that had any connection at all to Jeremy. Well, it was my argument and my belief that this shouldn't have been part of the receivership assets. So I agreed to take the case to try to persuade or protect this property from being made a part of the receivership assets because it was pretty clear to me that Jeremy would never see any of that property. I mean, you wouldn't believe the extent of the legal fees that were being paid to legal counsel for the receiver out of the, the money that the FTC had seized from Jeremy and his business. It looked to me like that's really what this was about, generating money for receivership fees paid to the receiver uh-huh. and the receivership's attorney.
2: Absolutely. Okay.
1: He, so, this
2: guy,
0: I, I call it these receiverships. It's just it, with the, use your bar license, and it's just a license to steal.
2: Well, isn't that kind of what happened to Britney Spears? Yeah, they were blowing Very through much. her money like crazy. Yes. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah. This okay. is a this is a piece of that great Federal Trade Commission practice that whenever they had a serious complaint brought to them, that they started litigation, the first thing they would do would seize all of the assets of the person or the company being charged so that they could not hire lawyers to defend themselves. I mean, it was a really a a sweet trick for them because uh, that's one of the the problems that Jeremy faced, that Uh, he couldn't hire attorneys to defend his rights to this property. So that's the position he was in. The receiver was trying to make this piece of property as well. So I stepped in to try to keep the property in the hands of people who would use the income to support Jeremy's family. And the uh, trustee sent a letter saying, I'm demanding that you withdraw from the case and that you stop the litigation or I will ask the court to find you in contempt, the federal court for the state of Nevada, which is where the receivership was filed. Okay. And I said, I don't think you're right. I don't think I'm going to withdraw the case.
2: So,
0: as he's preparing, attorney number six reaches out to Rich and asks him to please drop the case. Now, attorney number six, she is representing him in Nevada, in the FTC case. And she says, no one has ever won any motion, that we've never won anything, that judge never rules in our favor, you don't have a chance, don't do it. And we're worried that if you do it, that it's going to really piss off the judge in the criminal case. What? Yeah, there's totally separate yeah. separate states separate yeah. like they should not be connected. We have since learned how connected they that, can be. And they were in this case, okay. meaning that Jeremy's criminal judge was watching every single thing that happened in the FTC case wrongfully, so in my opinion. Right. So, Rich and I went to see Jeremy and Rich explained, "Hey, number 6 just told me that I need to back off." And Jeremy and Rich talked about it, you know, saying that no one's ever won in this. The judge has never ruled in favor of anyone except Gary Karras, the receiver. And just so you know, Gary Karras charged, I think it was like 900 or 950 an hour. Oh, wow. And that money comes out of the money they took from Jeremy. Yeah, of course. He's just going through so like... So he's... And yeah. Rich says he's just racking up the money, oh, yeah. I mean, it was literally hundreds and hundreds of thousands every month. That's it, ridiculous. it was a lot. Yeah. He was paying himself a
2: lot of money uh-huh. out lot. of that. And it was like free money. Nobody was stopping him. Yeah. Oh, the government was like cheering him on. Of course. They made it happen. Yeah.
0: They're like, here you go. Here's your checkbook. Have fun. So Rich and Jeremy are talking. And Rich is saying, what do you want? You want me to back off? And Jeremy's like, no, I don't think so. Let's just do it. So Rich prepared. And of course, Gary Karras files files. He didn't just threaten. He filed in the federal court in Nevada to force rich to show up out there to explain to the federal judge who was appointed by harry reed of course yeah harry Reid helped make that appoint get that appointment uh-huh. happen so certainly the odds were against us <laughs> right right
1: well yeah during the weeks uh getting ready for that uh, he filed a motion to find me in contempt and to order me to do what he would requested that we do that is back off and stay out of this arrangement that the uh, receiver had, had Okay. So we started communicating. I had never been in the federal court in Nevada, so I made contact and we started a dialogue. The judge in Nevada is named Miranda Dew, and I know you say that uh, Harry Reid didn't do very many things right, but he got this one right when he got Barack Obama to appoint Miranda Du as a federal judge. Oh, good. Uh, she's a very, very bright woman. First generation Vietnamese, her parents were refugees from Vietnam.
2: Oh, really? And, OK.
1: And she became, uh, well, she was a great student in high school went to college, got a, a law degree from a very reputable law firm and was really, I thought, a very attentive judge and in communicating with her staff, I got the impression that we might have a chance of winning this. Okay. I know we were getting some instructions and some advice that you're probably not going to win the case against the receiver in Nevada. But I thought when we got there, I was pretty nervous. Anyway, I had never been threatened with a contempt citation in federal court where we would have to drive to uh, Las Vegas from St. George for the hearing. And there was a chance we might not come back. I might spend uh, some time in jail. Wow. I don't know. So, I mean, so
2: Rich,
1: <laughs> he was really nervous. Yeah,
2: I would be too.
1: Yeah. So
0: we actually drove, how's either the day or two days before the hearing? Rich wanted to just go there just to get the lay of the land, just to, go to the courthouse, just walk around, just get a feel. Like, just because he was so nervous, so we did. I went with him. We drove to the federal court. Uh-huh. We, he, we wandered around inside. He walked, looked in Judge Stu's courtroom. <laughs> it's intimidating.
1: Yeah, it would I be. Remember, well, it was scary. It re- scary? It was, okay. really it was way scary. scary OK. Because,
2: Unnerving, I mean, yeah.
1: You know, when you go to court and you're a lawyer, generally the only person who's not going to be going home that night is your client, maybe. Right, right, exactly, (laughs) yeah. But in this case it was you. Yeah, Yeah, in this case it was me. And I was thinking, you know, maybe I'm not making the right decision. So I started second-guessing myself a little bit, but uh, I thought we had a pretty good argument.
0: So we go there for the hearing. We get there. I can't wait to see the famous Gary Karras. Gary also was the attorney in the O.J. Simpson case.
1: Oh yeah, he
0: represented the Brown family in getting a judgment against O.J. Simpson's estate. Okay, now who was Gary Karras, okay. the
1: receiver? Okay, yeah,
0: the guy that we're we're going up against. Oh here. wow. Okay.
1: Yeah, he's a pretty famous guy, and uh, he's done very well for himself, and. He was in yeah. with one of the largest uh, law firms in the world. They had branches in China and all over the place.
0: So this was a really big deal. So we get there. I know Rich is nervous. I'm nervous. Number six has told us, don't do it. Stay away. No one's ever won. And when we get, we get to court and the federal courthouses are intimidating. It's a big, spacious building. We get in Judge Do's courtroom and... All the attorneys are on the phone. The judge has allowed everyone to be conferenced in. There are attorneys all over the place that are on the phone to listen to this. Okay. Uh, Like when I say all the attorneys, so number six is on the phone. Uh, Like there are pages of attorneys that are involved at the FTC case. And they're listening. (laughs) They're not talking because they don't have a dog in this hunt. This is a fight between Rich and Gary. Okay. So they're just listening. They're just watching. Uh Uh-huh. Yes. And they allowed Jeremy to listen on the phone from jail. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. And now at this point, I've been doing this work for decades. I've been doing this a long time. Never have I been so nervous to be in court because I can feel how nervous Rich is. Sure, sure. And the judge comes in, and Gary starts it, the receiver. He starts it. He has this whole thing. He says, Your Honor, I've prepared this. I want to hold him rich in contempt of court for making us even come here this is improper and he makes this big huge argument and then he says and here's my bill not only should he be held in contempt of court meaning he should be thrown in jail but <laughs> he should have to pay all my legal fees in preparation for this and it was like $17,000 seriously okay but it was only 17000 It's just that here's the problem. Here's my thought process sitting in the gallery. Uh I'm thinking, oh, my gosh. And I'm I'm sitting in the gallery plus Brent, the guy that is fighting to keep the property that didn't pay for it. He and his wife. So they're on the other side. I'm sitting behind Rich. And he's saying, like, yeah, he should pay this $17,000. And I know he's asking to hold Rich in contempt of court. And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh. I think that means that for me to get him out of jail, I'm going to have to pay the $17,000. Do I have $17,000 on a credit card? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. I'm really thinking that. Like, my heart's just pounding. Yeah. I'm like, oh, my gosh. And Gary starts saying, you know what? I've never seen a motion like this. This is like fairy tale stuff. This is, I don't even know what he was thinking when he prepared this motion. Wow. This is, I mean, just totally degrading. Yeah. Cutting him down. And, and literally, he compared it to a fairy tale. Yeah. And I'm, my heart is just pounding. I'm dying back uh-huh. there. Uh-huh. And Judge Dew says, yeah, you know, sir, I agree with Mr. Karras. I have never seen emotion like this before. It is a bit fairy tale-ish. And I thought, oh, my gosh, she's going to throw him in jail. I'm going to spend the day in Nevada trying to figure out how to get Rich out of jail. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, yeah. This sucks. This is so bad. And then Rich says, may I respond, your honor? Can I have a moment to explain? And she said, yes, you can. And then you did your magic, Rich. You started explaining it. And I was like, it truly, it was only like maybe, maybe 10 minutes into it and I thought, when he started, I seriously, I was like, oh my gosh, the judge is get, he we're screwed. We're in so much trouble. The judge is not going to agree with us. This is not going to work. He's going to jail. Uh-huh. And then, like, ten minutes in, it's almost like I could just see the judge's mind
1: and heart opening to okay. this idea.
0: Okay, okay. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh. We have a chance. We have a chance. Do you remember Rich, did I you do. feel a difference?
1: I do. I, and I remember starting off by linking with Gary Carris's fairy tale argument about responding with a story, but it wasn't a fairy tale. Yeah, that's what impressed me about Judge Dew. She actually started to listen. And oh, I yay. Had, had a really good substantive argument and she agreed. I was so surprised because I mean, I checked the docket in this case and and Number six, attorney number six was not far wrong. No one had ever prevailed over the receiver's arguments throughout this case. And actually, I think this was one of those landmark cases where this was just about the time that the law started to change with respect to receiverships. And there was a Supreme Court case that came down shortly after this that denied the FTC's efforts to take into receivership all of the assets of a person and a business that they were investigating. And that was basically the last time that I mean we were the FTC was starting to run out of gas with this. You remember what was the name of that case that was that came down? They had to leave enough money with the accused so that he or she could pay legal fees. To, the
2: mm-hmm.
0: to defend themselves
2: yeah. So then, so she agreed with you. So then what happened? Well, not yet. Oh. Not, not yet. I was oh, waiting. Oh, this was and, just...
0: And you can just feel it. You okay. You can feel it. I'm like, she's listening. She's listening. Like, this is awesome. Okay. And Gary could feel it, too, that this was slipping through his fingers. Uh-huh. So and so he jumped up to object? the opposing counsel. He jumped up and he said, Your Honor, may I have some time to rebut? I would like to respond to this. And she said, "Mr. Karras, you've had your time to speak. Sit down." And he said, "But your honor, I have I have my bill prepared. I want I'm not only asking for contempt. I'm asking that he pay my legal fees and all the preparation for this hearing uh-huh. from the time I left my house and had to jump on an airplane to be here cuz Gary actually lives in LA. Oh, he okay. wasn't living in Vegas. Okay. He flies from LA. So Rich was going to have to pay for all of that yeah. to, at nine hundred bucks an hour, yeah. plus his flight, plus every yeah. every. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, where's she going to go? And the judge said, "I have heard your position, Mr. Karras. Sit down." And you were like, and I was like, oh
2: yeah, oh my it's gosh,
0: like, we we might win, uh-huh. we might win. Okay, and we won. She's like, I agree with you, sir. You are correct. And we won. Like, it was the most, it was That's so totally awesome. exciting. But I don't it understand was awesome. what you won. That Brent, that hadn't paid for the property, right? that he was trying to team up with the receiver to keep Jeremy from being able to
2: to Perfect. have any, okay. to so, be able to get it. So did well, the land, the land can't go into his name because he's in prison. So what happened?
1: Right. If the land, well, to, to property, make it long Sure, was... the land went to a nominee of Jeremy's
2: Okay. Yeah. And then that money was able to come through. Okay. So when she said, I agree with you, Rich, clank, clank, the gavel hits, that (laughs) means that Jeremy now has access to that property for his family to get the money and live on while he's in jail,
1: prison. Well, maybe even a better way of saying that is with that judgment by Judge Dew, the receiver didn't have the authority then to seize the property and take it out of the assets that were available to Jeremy's family.
2: Good. Okay. Yeah. So the money ended up going where it needed to. Okay, then yay. Finally. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You had to go to Nevada to do it. Finally, yeah. Yeah, but yes. no spells.
0: And, and now we've had so many defeats and so many bad yeah. things that happened. I wanted It's nice to, to have a victory.
2: Like, like you said, you know,
0: I... It's almost like I fully expected. I thought number six would like send an email and say, Hey, I was wrong. I heard you in court. That was impressive. Nicely done. Nothing. Nothing. More tickets.
2: Yeah. But this is like, like you said, like a David and Goliath. Like he did something. Oh, totally. Yeah. He accomplished something that was not heard of. Yeah. Crazy.
1: Well, I have to say, probably the reason that we won was because I was very charming that day.
2: I'm sure. (laughs) (laughs) You're always very charming.
1: Yeah, that had to be it. And you're
2: always very, very prepared. I've seen you in action in lawyer stuff, so. I'm always impressed with you, Rich. (laughs) It's awesome. So, for everyone that's been so frustrated that we keep getting
0: beaten up on every turn, I, I wanted to put one in there that, hey, we won
2: something. Yes. We won
0: one little piece of something.
2: But it became really so, important to Jeremy and his family. That's what's cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Yeah.
0: There you go. Sometimes David really does yep. slay Goliath. Yep. Sometimes the good guys win. Yep. You have to fight hard for it. It's like I always say everyone has to do their part. Yes. And Rich, you did your part. Yes. And you were very prepared very prepared that's the point not all these not all these lawyers that 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 they just don't do what they say they're gonna do so when we have one that does i'd really like to shine a spotlight on it and say look sometimes it actually works yeah great so yay yay Yay! so
1: that that was really interesting uh going up against a legend because i'd read uh gary karis's press reports you know that, that of course, the connection with the O.J. Simpson stuff was- Sure.
2: Intimidating. Yeah, he was part
1: of history. He was part of history. Yeah. He got a big judgment yeah. in favor of the, the Brown family. And
2: I love that he did. I do too. That he Rightly did. so. Rightly yeah. so. Yes.
1: Yeah. But he's, in this
2: case, a, he was wrong.
1: Well, he was, yeah. a, and he's a good lawyer. He, he, yeah. he knows how to put a case together, and he's yeah. found yeah. a real niche for himself in this receivership awesome. thing. But the yeah. law's changed now, and that niche has- just disappeared
2: yeah yeah which happens well yay jeremy team yay yay for the good guys yeah yay for his family
0: there's more coming we are wrapping this stuff up quickly